0: We have Keith Blank, who is the Bishop of Landisville and Manor District, and uh, I welcome him now to take us through this next installment of our series. Nothing like uh, having to get wired up when you are uh, um, ready to preach. Uh, I usually don't have a hard time getting wired. For those of you who know me, know that uh, one of the reasons I drink decaf coffee is because I don't need more caffeine. I have enough kind of naturally in my system. It is good to be with you this morning, and it is good to be able to worship God together. And I just, uh, as I uh, think about this series and and what you guys are engaging with here at, at East Pete... And as I listened last week to Audrey's message, um, uh, Jeff sent to me and just pondered that, I thought there's something profound that God wants to plant here. Some very simple but important truths that are important for what God is doing and wants to do at East Pete Mennonite Church. Kinship in the kingdom, uh, not... Uh, not an alliteration of words that I've put together before, but one that has been formed uh, in the midst of uh, a couple of months of work. And I just, as I think about this piece, just acknowledging that, a, a lot of, uh, and, and particularly as we look at part two of this, Audrey did part one as an intro, and now uh, for myself this week, Keith Weaver, our conference moderator, next, next week, and then the following week, Jeff will, will bring the message. Uh, today we're talking about God's rule and reign, this recognition that there is a god who we worship who is ruling and reigning and the way he rules and reigns is different than the ways that we might imagine or that we even have sometimes experienced in the world and even at times in the church because of the god that that that, that we serve and so uh, jeff began to envision uh, a way that the east peat body could together grow at a greater level in their connections and linkages within our district of churches, Landisville Manor District, within our conference, Lancaster Mennonite Conference, and the broader church? How do we find the ways in which we're connected so that we're not saying we're isolated over here on our own, doing our own thing? We're a part of something much bigger than East Pete Mennonite Church. And that's not demeaning what's here. It's not lowering what is here. It's simply saying we have to remember that we're a part of something bigger. And as Jeff and I begin to interact around this and talk about this, this particular piece, um, a recognition that there is within the context of our district a real energy and synergy. Energy, a sense of excitement and synergy that when we're together, we're more effective than when we stand alone. So being able to have Audrey come here last week from a little church out in the country, used to be called Masonville but now called Living Light, you find this Woman passionate to study God's word and to share it and impart it as a teacher, a gifted teacher. And we get to receive the blessing one from another in that kind of context. So there's a sense of synergy in our, in our, in our district. Within Lancaster Mennonite Conference, we're in a season where there is this season of redefinition. Not a sense of, whoa, it's all over, everything has fallen apart. Instead saying, what is it, God, that you want to do? in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of the places where we struggle and where we recognize we have, we have our, our challenges, what is it that you're doing, God? And uh, I think most of you are aware that Jeff and I both serve on a strategic direction task force, nine of us from different parts of our conference, as far down as Washington, D.C. and kind of over into the Baltimore area and up in this, this area, meeting together monthly and asking the Lord, what is on your heart for this network of churches? What is it that you have for us that we haven't seen or that is new that we have to discover to be able to enter into that. And then recognize in the broader church, not just the broader Anabaptist world, but in ministeriums like here in, in East Pete and around the world in the global bride, bride of Christ, how are we connected? We're a part of something bigger, and that something bigger is God's rule and reign, is being unfolded, is something that is, 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 is still being understood and defined. So we began to discuss this together. He invited me in to consider preaching one of the messages. The two of us started brainstorming and then we the resulted in a, in a meeting at Grand Central Bagel there in Centerville, the four of us, Audrey and Keith Weaver, myself and Jeff, and we just started talking and praying and out of that really emerged this, this phrase, but more than that, what is the focus for this time? And the focus really is drilling deeper and saying how, not how do we start something new, but how do we connect with what has been And look into what is becoming. And this is what I, wherever I go in the context of our district and broader, I have a sense that there's a stronger rooting and connection to what has been and a sense that we're also seeing with new eyes to understand what is becoming. What is it that God is doing in our midst? This, this is where I'm always challenged, Jeff. Did I do something wrong here? If it's on, it actually helps. Okay. What I did wrong was I didn't have it on. I do now. Um, I want to I wanna just reflect a bit on some things that, that Audrey shared last week. At the end of her message, she used this phrase, and, and this one would preach. This is another whole piece. I almost went here as I was preparing, because so I'm like, I love this phrase. I love what Paul was doing in this context. I love how he was connecting the poets of that day with the message that needed to be, be penetrated into that particular context uh, in, in, in Acts 17. But she, she ended with this, this part of, uh, the first part of Acts 17:28. 28, which simply says, In him we live and move and have our being as a part of this message, which she called a way of being. Now, how many of you heard her message last week? So about, okay, this is good. I'm reviewing. Reviewing is important because not everybody was here. And some of you were here physically, but you didn't hear this. That's how I am when I'm in a setting. I might hear words, but I don't always take them in. And this is what she said at the end of her message. She said, as you, she's speaking to you, us at East Pete Mennonite Church, as you move. Through this season as a congregation, listen carefully and ask, what is God calling us to be? What is God calling us to be? Pay attention to your way of being so that out of it will grow faithful ways of doing. Do you hear that? Pay attention to your way of being, your, that, that what is God calling us to be, so that out of it will grow faithful ways. Ways of doing. So the things and activities we're engaged with, the key is that they're linked to our connection, to our abiding, to our being still, Jeremy, in the presence of God and hearing what he's saying and then obeying. And we often get busy or we have information up here and we say, I know all the good things to do and so I'm just going to do them because and I'll use this, this is my favorite one for Mennonites, we are great servants. You know what? No problem with serving. But if all you do is serve and you don't listen, you might miss this thing over here you're supposed to do because you're busy serving. You understand? And so this recognition that our way of being present with God, attentive to God, understanding that we can both receive something from the Lord, can hear it and respond and obey, becomes our way of doing. Our doing flows out of being and not the other way around. Now, I don't want to re-preach her message, so we'll continue moving on. But as I think about kinship in the kingdom and what that means as we develop this thing of kinship, to me, kinship is a sense of belonging, a sense of connectedness, a sense of being a part of a tribe. Now, we don't use that language a lot, but my question is, who is your tribe? Who, is, who are the people that you say, these are mine? Has East Pete Mennonite Church become a place where we're more connected as a tribe or less connected as a tribe? Do we have many tribes in East Pete that sometimes struggle against each other? Do we have new tribe leaders that want to take over? Whatever, all these things are there. And I think the question is, what is the tribe, our family, our point of connection? And why are we connected there? Does it flow out of our way of being Or does it simply flow flow out of our history of who we have been? And I think a key piece in this concept of of kinship is really asking the question, who are my people? Where do I belong? Where am I rooted on this journey? I think back to myself... Uh, in, my own, uh, in my own journey, so I was born in Mexico. My parents were missionaries with Franconia Menonite Conference, and we served in Mexico. I was born uh, in Mexico City, but lived high up in the Sierra Madre Mountains, uh, about 8,000 feet above sea level, among an indigenous group called the Trique, who didn't speak Spanish. They spoke a language closer to Chinese than to Spanish, five tone levels, a word like ne, 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 five different things. Because it's a tonal language, similar to a lot of Asian languages. That was the context I grew up in. I came back into Lancaster Conference at the age of 10. I came into setting. This really became a place of forming me. But by the time I was 18, I was disillusioned with with much of what I saw because I didn't see a passion to know Jesus. I saw a lot of knowledge. I saw a lot of rigid rules. But I didn't see people passionate to follow Jesus. It wasn't that they weren't there, because my eyes weren't always open, okay, but the reality was in that context, that was a place by the time I was a senior, I felt like I didn't have a lot of direction. This didn't feel like my tribe. And then I watched in that context through Rosedale Bible Institute, where I met a couple of Kenyan pastors, Kenyan pastors who who they prayed for a whole hour straight. I had never been in a context. I was in prayer meetings, but most of the people that I knew in that context kind of prayed through that time, but there wasn't a sense of passion about the prayers. Again, this is through an 18-year-old, my own judgments, my own biases, but I'm saying in that context, I met these Kenyan pastors. Like, sometimes in Kenya, we actually pray all night. I'm like, you're kidding me. All night. I sleep all night. I like to sleep. And yet in that context, something was stirred in my heart, passion for more, and out of that came the opportunity to join what was just emerging as the youth evangelism service program the story is too long but in that context of the YES program, youth with a mission and then coming back and working with EMM, I came into a place where I found a lot of people in Lancaster Mennonite Conference who were passionate about Jesus and passionate about connecting in the places where there were individuals who had not yet heard about the good news of Jesus and I found my tribe and my tribe was here all the time I just didn't know them, and I didn't know myself. And so sometimes this sense of connection to our tribe is a part of a journey. In that context of forming and understanding that, like I said, that became my tribe, my place of passion, to know Jesus and to make him known. Uh, I heard that first in the context of Youth of the Mission and the YES program, where they talked often about, at the core... God's desire, God's passion, God's call is for us to know God, to be still and know God, and to make him known to others. That's our call and purpose as followers of Jesus. And there's many ways that can happen because we're wired differently, we're gifted differently, but we each have a way in which we can connect with and know God. And how Jeff and I connect with God may be a bit different And how Jeff goes about helping others to know about Jesus might be different than me, but we can still be about that task within our own giftedness, within our own ways in which God has wired us. And so I became passionate to walk with Jesus every day, in every situation, with a sense of the the purpose and call that God had on my life. But one of the questions in this context as we think we are living and moving and having our being is what has really shaped our identity as an Anabaptist people? and I'm not going to go into a lot of backdrop on anabaptism in in that context, I'll simply say there was a movement, a movement of people passionate to follow Jesus, even at the expense of losing their lives, because...